Welcome to the Read Between the Bible Lines podcast with Pastor Chris Whitehead. In this podcast, we are making our way through the various passages in the Gospel writings of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to see if there are any deeper nuggets of wisdom and revelation to be found for applying to our lives as we read Between the Bible Lines. Well, hello and good day to you. Tuning in, whatever you want to call it, tuning in, listening, taking the time to observe whatever you feel like your participation in this podcast is. My name is Chris Whitehead, and I hail from the central state of Iowa. I am a son, a husband, a father of seven, a former IT pro, a pastor, a philosopher, a theologian, a teacher a musician, a student, a wannabe comedian, an author. The list goes on and on, but those are some of the primary roles that I have in my life right now. Uh, I did come out of a 17-year IT profession, which I will get into in just a little bit. But I just wanted to kick off this podcast by uh, giving a little bit of a background on myself and let you, the audience, know who is behind the microphone as I come to you with each episode. And I have to admit that this is kind of strange for me because in my professions over the years and the way that I have been in the public in various ways through my jobs and community involvement, um, I'm usually in front of people. And being in front of people is one thing, but for me to sit right here, right now in an empty office with only myself facing a laptop computer that's in front of me, I, I feel strange to just have my words going out into this room where no one at this particular moment in time is listening except God. So... There's a little bit of awkwardness here. Um, I think even people, most people that are in the radio field have the opportunity or advantage or disadvantage or whatever you want to call it of having somebody maybe on the other side of the glass that can look at them and make faces at them. And I'm sorry if you just heard a, a strange noise a second ago. That's the sound of my taking my glasses off and brushing against the microphone, so pardon that. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my my broader background for just a few minutes so that you get an idea of who I am and where I am coming from, what I hope to accomplish in these podcasts that are ahead. And I'm going to keep this testimony, so to speak, brief probably in a follow-up offering to anyone who is interested. I believe it was about three years ago, three or four years ago, I went and, and did a few video projects that I put on one of my YouTube channels that is my full testimony where I get into a lot of depth about my life over the years, what all I've been through, uh, what I considered 
was Christianity at one point where my life went and how I returned to the Lord after many years. Um, I will put that video up at some point in the near future for those that want to see that in more depth. Um, it is almost an hour in length, I believe. Uh, so those of you that have that stamina, I welcome you to take a look at that. But so what I'm going to do here is just keep it brief for those that want the Cliff's Notes edition. Um, the long and the short of it is, is that I spiritually, and then I'm just going to focus primarily on the spiritual side of this and, and not everything that goes into my fuller testimony. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, however you want to define that, because many people have different understandings of, of different depths and levels and commitments of Christianity. I grew up in a Christian home where I was exposed to the Bible. I attended a, a Bible teaching church when I was a kid from as early as I can remember. Uh, my parents, my grandparents on both sides of the family. I attended Sunday school. I was a part of various youth groups. Um, at the age of about eight years old, I remember sitting in church and hearing a sermon one Sunday morning that brought me to the place of, of having an eight-year-old understanding of what hell was all about. And I remember just being really freaked out and I didn't know much more at the time beyond understanding that hell did not sound like a good place and that if I did not want to go there, that there was a person named Jesus who came and died on the cross and that if I would accept him, if I would pray this prayer and ask him to come into my heart and forgive me, that I would not have to go to hell, that I would be able to go to heaven and be with him for all of eternity and, um, and enjoy what he has provided for me free of charge on my part. So I made that decision at eight years old and I followed in believer's baptism, which I barely understood. Fast forward several years into uh, early high school, I found myself in a very depressed state of, um, you know, just a, what a lot of high school age kids go through. You know, your hormones are changing, your, your body chemistry is changing, your personality is, is maturing, and there are a lot of things even about yourself that you don't understand, and especially that other people around you don't understand. You know, now that I have uh, at least two teenage children of my own, uh, I often find myself praying two things. Number one, Lord, give me patience. Number two, don't let me forget what it was like to be a teenager. Because I want to be able to understand and revisit and be reacquainted with some of the struggles that they go through, the valid struggles that they go through. Um, but anyways, into my adolescent years, early teens, I really struggled with self-worth. I really struggled with self-identity and achievement and my place in this world. And, and um, I found myself at a, at a crossroads of 
not knowing my place and because I didn't understand myself and I didn't understand God, I found myself at a place where I wanted to end my life. It just did not seem like it was worth going forward in my life for a number of reasons. God in his grace, uh, along with other circumstances and everything else that go into the overall story of my life, allowed various interventions and intersections of times and people and opportunities and circumstances that kept me from taking my life. And instead, after spending some time in uh, some behavioral health uh, programs, I was put in contact with a family friend who specialized in counseling, but he did not normally counsel or meet with uh, teenagers like myself. He focused mostly on adults. And uh, we met, and after some prayer and consideration, he he felt and believed that he should actually take some time to invest in me. So um, we began a relationship, and for the first time in my life, I had a greater understanding of who I was created to be, who Jesus Christ was as a person, and how he fit into history and into the world, and most importantly, into my life. And so at the age of uh, 14, I believe, um, I, with with as much understanding as I could, which was... Uh, deeper than I had ever experienced before, I said, Jesus, I, I need you, and I want you, but I don't want you the way most other Christians have you. I want you in whatever I see from the Bible. I want whatever I see from people that really are truly committed to you and that have lives that reflect a knowledge of who you are. And that radically changed me. It radically changed me even at the young age of 14. And through my high school years, I continued to follow after him with all that I knew. I studied the Bible, I prayed, I, I ministered to other people, and I had this genuine experience of those that were more mature in the Lord testifying and speaking into my life that they believed that at least for as young of person that I was, that I had maturity, spiritual maturity beyond my years, beyond most other people. And, um, and I was greatly encouraged, not only by an inward leading within myself, but also by the encouragement of those around me to later in life pursue some type of full-time vocational ministry within the church. And so this is within the context of mostly uh, conservative, Baptist, non-denominational, and evangelical free churches. And um, uh, even though that was the context, that was the type of church structure that I was in, I personally had more of what you would call a charismatic experience 
where as I read the Bible and pursued God in my own spare time, um, I experienced things such as spontaneously speaking in tongues, uh, having dreams and visions once in a while. Um, you know, they, they were nothing that I would consider to be, uh, at this point in my life, you know, extraordinary revelation that nobody else has. But the Lord just spoke to me in unique ways. Um, I, I also experienced what it was like to be in prayer for someone, like to actually be with someone praying for them and just have information come to mind about things that they needed prayer for that um, that I would not have otherwise known. And um, I, so what I'm getting at in this is uh, what I would later come to find out as I learned more personally and academically and spiritually was that I was seeing a all of these different manifestations of these different graces of the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit in my life, in my everyday practical life. Um, that led me to go to Bible college right after high school. I had been on two different missions trips uh, over the course of my high school years, and so when I set off to high school, my heart was leading me to study in a missions program where I assumed that I was probably going to follow my heart somewhere south, mostly into Mexico, where I would take a vow of poverty uh, and yet still live off of enough American support financially that we could accomplish a lot of great things for the poor people in Mexico. Uh, however, Bible college did not end up leading me in that direction. It was actually during Bible college, in the formal training and structure of Bible college, that I had a fairly uh, unfortunate experience in my studies. And um, after only two years, I became disenfranchised and confused and disheartened about the whole experience and I I prematurely left uh, having not completed a degree of any type and I decided that I was going to go back home and just figure out what kind of regular work that I would assume for my regular life. Well, a year and a half after returning home I got married I started a secular professional career, and I basically spent from uh, the year 2000 until the year 2006 waffling back and forth in my faith uh, as I was uh, now a married man and starting to have children and, and a career. And finally, in probably the spring of 2006, I made the decision after several events and, and, and quite a few seasons of wrestling in my own life that the Christian life, the Christian worldview, everything that I understood about spirituality was just not for me any longer. So 
I decided that I was going to give up on that and that I was going to just try to figure out what life was going to mean on my own without any external help. So from 2008, well, I'm sorry, from about 2006 to 2008, I lived most of that time just uh, floundering around, uh, wanting to call myself an atheist or an agnostic, not really wanting to have an affiliation or an identification with anything. And um, eventually, in around 2008 to 2009, my interests began to change, and I was opening up more into... Uh, other spiritual traditions and uh, the possibility that maybe the answer was out there somewhere, but it just wasn't contained only in Christianity. So I spent many years studying uh, all different types of religious traditions and and uh, historical perspectives and, and uh, all different angles of spirituality from both Eastern and Western thought and ended up spending most of my time in the Eastern traditions of of Zen Buddhism, Taoism, and um, just general, I guess by the end maybe just kind of more general uh, New Age mysticism, just without all the crystals and stones and stuff. But as the Lord would have it, I knew inside all the time that there was still more. There was just a hunger and a thirst inside me for what was beyond what I knew, what was beyond what I understood. And I could not shake the fact that this whole time my heart was still feeling led back to the things of God, back to the the Bible and the Judeo-Christian teaching that I had grown up with. However, accurate or inaccurate it was, it was at least I knew a foundation that I could not get away from. So in 2014, in the late summer, early fall, I was at work one night and just after many, many different things leading up to this experience, I found myself one evening having a dialogue with God where he was reminding me of why I was so restless. He was reminding me that he had created me for himself, that uh, I I was reminded of the words of, I believe it's Augustine, that said that we were created for the Lord and our hearts will not find any rest until we find our rest in him. I remembered that from college just from my own recreational reading. And so I found myself having one final conversation in this journey where I said, God, if this is really you, if I'm really talking with you and I'm not just having some paranoid uh, pretend conversation with something that isn't there out there in the nowhere, if this is really you, And if Jesus really is the only way, truth, and life that there is, I have nothing left. I have no other options, and I am finally ready 
to give you a shot because I just don't know what else to do. But the trick is, if this is really you and if this is really true, the missing component here is faith. Because I remember the Bible saying that without faith, it's impossible to please you. And I'm supposed to have faith in Jesus, but I don't have any faith. So if this is really you, the one thing that I would ask is that you would give me my faith back. That you would restore to me what I gave up so long ago that I don't even know how to get back. And just as sure as the sun is always shining, uh, whether we see it or not, in a moment of time, I physically felt and heard things in the natural as well as perceived things in the supernatural realm that opened that closed door to me once again when I said, Lord, I need you to give me my faith back, I, I heard the snap of a finger. I was all by myself, no other humans around, but I heard the snap of a finger. I heard a voice that said, done. And I felt a, a thump of some type physically hit my chest all at the same time. The thump, the snap, and the voice that said, done, all at once. And I fell back to my knees, and I took a deep breath, like someone who's been under the water for a long time, unable to breathe, and they, they finally emerge, and they're finally able to take their first breath. In a long time, that's what it felt like. It felt like after years, I was finally waking back up and able to breathe. And I simply heard the words of the Lord saying, Welcome back. Welcome back home. Welcome back home. And from then on, he and I purposed that my life could never be the same again that my life could never be a marginal pursuit of God, that my life could never be just a, a random occurrence in the universe, but that I was to live with purpose, that I was to live with pursuit, that I was to really live with reckless abandon. Like in John chapter 6, which I'm sure I will probably touch on this at another podcast in the future. When Jesus was giving hard teachings about how he said in, in John 6 that anyone who would come after me must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And if they do not, then you cannot have life. You cannot partake of the life that I have to offer you. And it says in that passage that when he spoke these hard things, that from that point on, many people stopped following after him. And so he turned to his disciples and he says to them, What about you? Are you going to leave too? And they answered and said, Lord, where are we going to go? We've left everything to follow you. You alone have the words of eternal life. In other words, like the disciples, 
I found myself at a crossroads of saying that I am choosing to follow you. There is no parachute. There's no exit strategy. There is no plan B. I'm giving you all that I have. And that began a brand new life in him. And that has continued on five years later, having just as much desire and zeal and passion for the Lord. Now, it does not always express itself in the same ways that it did five years ago when I first restarted my journey with him. But we go through different seasons in life just as we go through different seasons in the natural realms. Uh, We go through different seasons in life where things on the outside may look different and we may be experiencing different seasons of atmospheric pressure or or soil conditions, or air conditions, things like that, internally as we go through these various seasons in life. But regardless, we, uh, we always have something going on. And in my life, it has been a relentless pursuit of the Lord and everything that he has to offer. Um, all that leading up to where I am now, having gone through 17 years of a of a secular, uh, mostly uh, technical profession in the IT field. I have now been in full-time vocational ministry as the pastor of a small church in northern Iowa that uh, I have been here for two years. We are now in the process of exploring some options in another nearby town south of us about 25 miles to see if the Lord would want to expand the ministry down there. But it is my passion to to bring a marriage of intellectual and spiritual depth to understanding Jesus. Because when we understand Jesus, Jesus himself said to Philip, if you want to know who the Father is and what the Father looks like, just simply look at me because I am the face of God in your face. And so um, if we only pursue the Lord with our intellect, we will only go so far. If we only pursue the Lord in our spirits, we will only go so far. And I believe this is a principle that the Apostle Paul even talked about in 1 Corinthians 14 with regard to praying in an unknown tongue. He said that if, this is 1 Corinthians 14, 14, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do then? He says, now this is no particular translation, this is my own paraphrase. He says, so what shall I do then? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray with understanding. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing with my mind as well. Paul understood that there had to be an equal engagement of the Spirit and the mind. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, 
and strength. And so what I want to do in this podcast is I want to go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I want to look at not only the practical things that we can find on the pages in black, white, and red, but I also want to follow the mind of the Spirit to dig a little deeper and to find out some of the deeper things that can be found in the scriptures, the greater implications to explore the, the mystical side of things as well. And when I say mystical, the word mystical in my context is to, to live things out at such a level that they become experiential, that we learn not just by uh, perceiving things and understanding a concept, but the, um, that we learn by hearing. We learn by hearing. In the Old Testament, uh, the Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That word hear has a threefold definition. definition excuse me. It means to perceive, number one, to receive, and to respond. To perceive, to receive, and to respond. And so, I want to hear what the Lord says through the person of Jesus Christ as we look at Jesus' own words in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, I encourage you to join me in this journey. This introductory podcast may end up being one of the longer ones that we do, but I appreciate you hanging in here with me, and it looks like I am going to be bringing this in at just under the 30-minute mark. So, thank you so much for your time again. I am Pastor Chris Whitehead in Northern Iowa. I uh, thank you for coming along in this journey with me. I encourage you to subscribe to the Up and Coming podcast, and also, should the Lord put it on your heart, also consider how you might be a part of partnering with us in this project um, to also, in a very real way, help support what I do, because this is my life, and uh, those who... Those who live by the gospel shall also eat by the gospel. So God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Read Between the Bible Lines podcast with Pastor Chris Whitehead. For questions or comments, feel free to send an email to contact.rbtbl at gmail.com That's contact dot rbtbl at gmail.com For more content or to support this project you can also visit the website at www.patreon.com That's www.patreon.com forward slash Thanks again for listening and for your support.